on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. How does one listening today, let's say that they do have their fingerprint on everything in the business, what's the most important thing that they should start working on to head towards that exit momentum where they can sell their business or work it from a beach one day, whatever their freedom looks like, but they don't have it right now. What's the first thing that they should start working on? What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got a king on the stage, Jason Ambo. How we doing, brother? Fantastic. For a Monday, too. So For a Monday. Yeah, we were just talking about a little bit of your Sunday routine. I've got a Sunday routine as well to set me up for the whole week. I, I definitely appreciate that. Maybe we'll get into that here in a little bit. Tell us what kind of business that you're in. So I actually have two. I own one business where we help process work opportunity tax credits and do property tax negotiations for small and medium-sized businesses. And that business is called A to Z Consultants. But my main force and push is inside a company called Exit Momentum, where we are business consultants. And essentially what we do is that we help our clients redefine what freedom means for them to attain results as yet unattainable. Love it. Love it. And in that little mission statement there that you read, it's almost assumed that most people think about freedom, but don't really know what it means. And then the further step is, is that even if they had thought about it and know what it means to them, what does it mean to their business? And then what do you do putting with those two things together? <laughs> what do you do with it? Yeah. I'm always fond of saying to people, listen, eventually working with us, we're going to give you some of your personal capacity back. You're going to do with that whatever you want. Maybe you'll play golf more. Maybe you'll go fishing. Maybe you'll spend more time with your family. Maybe you'll pour it back into your business. Maybe you'll start a new business. I, that's not my concern. My concern is we're going to give you back some of your capacity. That's not our main goal, by the way. One of our core values is we maniacally obsess over results. So we want to create results. But in that effort, we yeah. always end up shedding some of the burden that owners right. and leadership teams have and offer some greater freedom to them. And then, like I said, they can choose. Some folks have made all kinds of crazy choices and some, some decide to run their, you know, I'm, I'm just going to run my company from the beach for now on. Great. Right. Up to you if that's your dream, but we don't want right. to tell you what your dream is, right? You get to choose. We're just going to give you some. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah, and I think that's really kind of underneath that entrepreneur who's trying to redefine freedom and figure out what to do to be able to get some of that capacity back. I think actually we we serve, you know, Gathering the Kings as a mastermind group and you as a business consultant, we actually serve the same person because this person that we're talking about is overwhelmed or is overloaded. Even the person that has a big team, oftentimes they're by themselves. Like a lot of people making decisions on their own. Heavy is the crown, as we say. Yes. And so I think that it's pretty cool that inside of the practical business pieces that you're able to alleviate or pull certain levers with them to be able to get them to a different place of freedom. A big part of that, what we believe is community and how those community places a large play on those levers as well. So I, I think that we're, we're like brothers in arms here, helping the entrepreneur who's lonely, trying to figure out what freedom looks like. And it's funny too, when you say lonely, to me as an entrepreneur, that always felt soft, right? So I, I want you to talk about from your perspective, helping clients through their business and, and you're helping them redefine freedom. You're helping them redefine these things of like, what, what am I going to do to get my capacity back? A lot of those things are because they're either doing too much on their own or they're by themselves doing the thing. And so talk about that because it's not soft. I've, I've learned it's, it's actually strategic 
and and quite the king move to be able to put things together, right? right. To have the the freedom that you're talking about. Talk about that yeah. for a second. Yeah, it's interesting. So you know, I I grew up in this world. I, I'm older. I was born in 1964, and I grew up in this world. You know, in my early working days in the 80s and 90s, and and it was it was really clear what the message was from all of corporate America. Work your ass off and grind as hard as you can, no matter what. And the harder you worked in some organizations, the more you were rewarded, even more so than your results. Right. Right. And I was fond eventually of learning that, listen, if I can produce results in 40 hours and the rest of everybody else in the world has to work 70 hours a week, which was kind of the, the, the modus operandi at the time to be a hero, I thought that would be better. And I ran into people that, bosses that said, no, still have to work more hours. Right. To get the honor. Back, yeah. So yeah. Exactly. And I think that shifted, right? Except oh, yeah. that, like I just saw the other day on social media, a guy said, being an entrepreneur is getting to decide which 80 hours a week you work. Right. And we argued. Whereas I said, no, it's awful, my man. It's awful. And so what happens is, so from my perspective, people start a business, and I like to say they started with an abundance of arrogance and ignorance. Yeah. Amen to both. <laughs> right. So we start going, I don't really know, but I'm going to pull this off some kind of way. Right. That's right. It's like, That's right. I, I got it. I, I know I can do this and I don't even know how hundred percent. So what do you do? You work your ass off for a long time. Right. And you just, yeah. you make sure that you just go and go and nonstop. Hopefully at some point, most of us wake up and say, man, my kids are growing up without me. My life is passing without me. I'm sacrificing my health for wealth. Maybe I'm even, maybe I just hit a spot where we're stunted, right? We've talked about right. this idea of hitting a ceiling all the time. So your yeah. growth gets stunted. And why is it stunted? It's because your fingerprints in your current iteration have to be on every transaction that occurs, both internally right. and external transactions. Yeah. Nothing happens without the blessing or you touching something, right? Right. And, and that's a big stunt in people's growth because there's only so much of you. Sometimes this revelation happens because someone wakes up and realizes, I can't work any more hours. I can't do anymore. Like, this is it. I'm here. And every yeah. time a little bit of a hiccup happens, they drown a little bit. Yeah. And finally, they wake up and say, I've got to find a better way to operate, right? To yeah. build this, to build a, an organization that has the culture and the playbook behind it that they can release some things and have some trust or trust and verify, but at least some trust in letting somebody else do something. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's more difficult than, than people think a lot. Right. And, yeah. and as soon as it doesn't work out, what do they do? Give it all back to me. Right. <laughs> I'm it all back as hell with that. And sometimes yeah. even go, you know, I'll just run a smaller company. That's right. Cause I feel in charge then. Cause I don't know how to get bigger and let that go. And, and that can happen not just as the, as the, as the owner, by the way, but there'll be people on, on your leadership team That's right. that can have that same experience that they don't know. Right. So the, the, the owner figures it out and, and he builds a, a leadership team. The leadership team doesn't figure it out. And so they're right. stunting the growth in their particular areas. Yeah. Yeah. The mindset that you're, that you're referring to is so big. And I think that it's like a catch 22 because a lot of times in order to become successful to a certain degree, we have to grind, work the 80 hour or whatever, whatever the formula is. Sometimes it's more hours. Sometimes it's just more effort. Those, those are different and, and be able to, you know, push up the hill for a certain period of time. 
but then we stay there to your point <laughs> or we even come back down the hill if we can't figure out okay so what, what got us here doesn't necessarily get us to the next level i was just watching a video actually yesterday from alex hermosi and he was talking about when they look at entrepreneurs to look at or to buy or to to acquire yeah you know the the business owner that you know has to be in every single piece there that hasn't really figured out that that it's the next level for them is always going to think that I just need to work more. I just need to work harder because that's what they've been doing this whole time. 80 hours, 100 hours, up early, up late, whatever. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. I wake up early, I go to bed late, I'm a hard worker. The reality of though is that what Alex was saying in this video is that this formula, you're just keep doing, you're just running the same formula and it's not working. You gotta look inside of it and go, okay, well, what are the levers that you're pulling or what are the decisions that you're making, the actions that you're taking, the inputs need to be different to get a different output. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting, Chad, because that dynamic is not a dynamic of failure. It's a dynamic of success. And what I mean yeah. by that is the people that have that feeling, you know what got them to where they are today? Working their ass off. So That's it's right. hard to let that go, especially right. if they've had a time or two, again, where they gave a little bit of slack and it, and it slapped them back in the face instead right. of seeing it as an opportunity to teach and develop. They, right. they grabbed it all back, right? So they've learned these hard lessons. And again, lessons built on, hey, don't tell me. I know how to build a company. Look what I've built. We're doing two million, six million, eight million, whatever it is, right? right. Hey, look, we're killing it. Don't, you can't tell me that I have to do less. And the difference is, and I love this analogy, if you were to go from primary school to high school, and navigate the hallways of high school with the same mindset and skill sets you did in primary school, you're going to yeah. get your ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. not going to work. It's a different level. You're playing at a new level, right? We, we get this in sports, right? From high school to college to pro. And we understand right. that skill sets and mindsets have to shift and change. It's no longer sufficient. And in business, you're going to get to different levels. And this is a natural phenomenon. You didn't screw it up. You didn't make a mistake. Right. It's just that what got you here is insufficient to get you to the next level. And that is a repetitive phenomenon. So it's going to keep happening over and over and over again, right? Yep, that's right. The key is, do we have a culture and some desire for systems and a playbook, right, set so that we realize we're hitting a ceiling and we can quickly burst through instead of wallowing in that space for too long? From right. my perspective, you're either growing or dying. There's no stagnation in, in this life, right? In anything. So yeah. if you look around yeah. and your business isn't growing, I got bad news for you. Yeah. Well, the 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 great part is though, even in that moment, you can still choose to head upwards. And yeah. the cool part about the upward trajectory is that it's not always up. Sometimes it, it's you know <laughs> it's always like that. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right? Which which should give the listener hope. Um, because we between the businesses that I've got and you've got and the businesses that you've helped and that I've helped, this is natural progression. So it's okay. At the same time too, it gives you hope, but it also should challenge you to recognize like, okay, so there's another level I can go to that I shouldn't stop. I shouldn't be content. I shouldn't rest. That doesn't mean That's though right, that yeah. I'm not working more or, yeah, you know what and, I mean? Or, you know, and if, and to Hormozzi's point, you know, if someone comes to your business to buy it tomorrow, and again, you're in a situation where your fingerprints have to be on every transaction occurs. By the way, your business has no value without you. Yeah, you can't sell it. You're selling yourself or a job. I mean, they're right. gonna be kind of buying your customers essentially, and that's about the only yeah. value you're gonna have, right? It has yeah. to be able to operate with 
out you if you intend to ever sell it for anything. So. Yeah, yeah. How does one listening today, you know, let's say that they do have their fingerprint on everything in the business. What's the most important thing that they should start working on to head towards that exit momentum where they can sell their business or work it from a, a beach one day, whatever their freedom looks like, but they don't have it right now. What's the first thing that they should start working on? So it's interesting. It's one of those things like saying, what's the most important thing in your health? Well, I don't know. You could, you could have a nutrition that's so bad you can't out trade it. You right. could train hard and eat well and never sleep. Like you, in other words, which one's most, they're all, right. but I would tell you, if on your own, you want to make a decision. The first thing I would start with is shed the thing you hate. Mm, good. The thing that's so hard to do for you. If you put me in accounting role in your company, two things are going to happen. I'm going to implode. And so is your accounting office. <laughs> no well, way around it. It's not my gig. Now, do I understand, right? how to read a PL. Do I understand how our accounting system should be set up? Can I, you know, can I dig into the numbers and do analysis with you? I can. I'm perfectly capable. But it's just not my wheelhouse, right? It's not, it's not the right seat for me, as as Jim Collins talks about right seats and right people, right? It's just That's not right. the right seat for me. And it it was a soul crusher to do that kind of work for me. Right. So as an owner, I would choose the thing again that you really if you love sales, you love selling. Okay, hang on to that as long as you can, right? And move something else off of your plate. Yeah. Whatever that thing that you love to do that you feel you just, you know, we're talking about the hedgehog concept. You've ever heard that, yeah. right? So, you know, oh, yeah. great return on your investment, which is not just monetary, right? It's personal capital, emotional capital, those things, right? And that you do really, really well. And I would add the third thing in that to be something you love to do, something you really just yeah. enjoy doing. It's like built in, it's natural. Yeah. Shed the stuff you hate. Go yeah. hire an accountant if that's not your thing. And you think, yeah. oh, I know, but I can do it. I know. But the hours that you spend could be done by 90 minutes by a professional. It takes you five hours a week that you're doing yeah. at 11 o'clock at night when you could be sleeping. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So that would be my that would be my approach really for each person is whatever you're you know, there are some great some great entrepreneurs who are not A-type personalities. They're really B-type personalities, and they lead differently, and that's okay. So maybe they think, I hate sales. I'm good at a lot of other. Great. Go hire your fantastic sales leader to run that part of the organization, and then you go focus on what you're great at, processes, and those kind of Whatever it yeah. is, I would, I would shed the thing you hate to do, you dread doing, because I promise you it's draining you, and it's taking you a hell of a lot more time than it would be a professional that's yeah. great in this space. So. Yeah, exactly. The mindset that you that you actually started off with, which is, okay, in comparison to health, you know, there's sleep, diet, workout, consistency, like all these factors that kind of go into this formula. And so, so true is business where it's like, okay, there's lots of angles of business. There's mindset even that goes into each angle. <laughs> and so the easiest place is to get rid of the thing that maybe you don't do the best. The point that you're making underneath all that actually is the most important, which is, Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into this formula. And and if you're good or not good at one thing, that's okay. That, that you're going to need probably more than just you, which takes us back to the original point of we actually don't need your fingerprint on anything. <laughs> right? You know the thing is chance if we broke your business down into th into three into three parts, right? Every business breaks down this way. Get work, do work, get paid. Right? There you go. You got to get some work. There's your sales and marketing. You got to get work. 
You got to yep. do some stuff. There's your operations, your fulfillment, whatever it is. And then you yep. get paid. There's your finance and accounting. Those three components are in every business, no matter what. Figure out which one of those you hate and shed that one. <laughs> I yeah. mean, just, 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 just move on from that one would be my advice. Because no matter what, of, and let's just say of just those three, you know, 30,000 feet view, those three areas, whichever one is the weakest, that's as high as you can rise. Yeah. It's going to be a limiting factor, right? It's sort of like having a team. And I tell people your team is like connected, let's say, by rubber bands, right? To a board, if you will. And the lowest rubber band is limiting how far the others can stretch. Right. But you cannot rise anymore because this short rubber band here is holding you down, right? You've got to replace that with more capacity. So it's right. the same idea. If your financing accounting sucks, but you're, well, we're killing sales. Yeah, no, but where's the money? Right. You have no idea, right? Your collections are shit. Your, your accounting's terrible. You look up one week, you're killed it, but you can't make payroll. I'm like, stop right. already. You are limiting the growth of your company by that one particular area. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess the, the kind of hidden skill set in all of this that we haven't really talked about is the ability to recognize or to acknowledge what my weakness or my strength or what the weakness of this of the organization is, how would one go about that? Like, do they just sit and kumbaya in the corner for a second, figure out what right. their weakness is? What, yeah. what do you say? It, it's it's so tough for the entrepreneurial brain, right? Because what's the entrepreneurial brain tell you? Yeah, I'm going to be all I places all, all the time. <laughs> yeah. I got this. I knew it. Trust me. And it's true in a lot of situations. You do got it. You can yeah. pull it off. But right. at what cost? Yeah, exactly. That's the key question, right? So one of the things that we do so well, Exit Momentum, that we're sort of proud of is we hold up a mirror to people. I mean, yeah. we're just holding up a mirror to people. We're asking a lot of questions. And again, one of our core values is we say what needs to be said regardless of risk. There you go. So we are willing to put our professional relationship at risk to tell you the truth. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Right? Yeah. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to hit you right in the teeth with it. Because that's the way you need to hear it to shake you and rattle you and move you. That's right. right? We move, make changes and shifts in our lives, usually, most of the time, based on a pretty emotional set of circumstances that has forced us to take a look at things, right? You have right. a heart attack, you go, oh, shit, I'm in bad health. Yeah. Right? And before that, I, I, I've had a heart attack. I had a widow make a heart attack in October of 17. And I trained all the time. I never slept and didn't take care of my nutrition well, right? I'll grind it and win and grind it. It was unbelievable. I would sleep three or four hours a night. I told wow. people that old line, I'll catch up on all the sleep I need the first year I'm dead. Yep. And then I almost died. Wow. And a 100% blockage in my right coronary and a 95% in my left. I was in the gym training and I should be dead. The doctor said I had a less than 6% chance of surviving. And not only did I survive, I have zero heart damage, which is a bit of a miracle they, can, they can't really understand. Yeah. But I tell people in regards to my health, Chaz, that, well, I have an advantage over you. You see, I almost killed myself. Yeah. I've pushed the balance. You haven't done that. So when I think yeah. I don't feel like training or I want to drink more or I want to eat or I want to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I go, no, you know what happens? You're going to die. Yeah. Right. So having had that experience is a great motivator for me. I think we, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but about, you know, sacrificing your health for wealth, I yeah. won't do it. 
I will not do it. As as Johnny Carson interviewing Ali years and years ago in the first million dollar fight, right? Carson was like, holy hell, shoot, Ali, I, I think I'll fight you for a million dollars. And Ali <laughs> said, sure, Johnny, but who going to spend the money? Right. Right? You're going to be dead. Yeah. Spend <laughs> the million Yeah, what does it matter? Well, it's the same thing, right? Great, you have this beautiful boat. You bought yourself in retirement, but your body's so broken down, you can't get in the damn thing. Yeah. So what good does it do you, right? So just that, that balance of ideas, both in business and personal, all those things, yeah. means an awful lot to me. And I think people miss that. And I think if they apply that same sort of perspective and concept, right, that, listen, to get there, you're going to have to get really brutally honest with you. One of the tools that we use is called the brutal facts, where we get people to write down facts. We help them to get clear about the difference between the story they're telling themselves and one of the actual right. facts. That's right. They always write these things down. They think are factual. And by the end of the session, they realize oh, this is all just stories I'm telling myself. What are the actual facts? And you look yeah. at the actual facts and do not explain the facts away. Don't try to uh, you know, manipulate them. Don't explain them away. Oh, just accept just, the fact. If your closing ratio is 20%, it doesn't matter if we get enough leads. Boom. You're paying more for leads. So you have to improve the closing. But just accept the facts as they are. Because right. then you can actually do something about them. You yeah. are the creator of the facts as they are. You can create a different result. Yeah, I love I love the intensity that we're talking at. And I think that it all is really practical. What do you feel like, okay, so in all the businesses that have come to exit, what's the heart attack moment for them? Like they're, they're at your desk. They've just had this proverbial heart attack. Right. And they're like, oh, I'm not healthy, right? And so now they're at your desk to, to get fitness and diet and all the things for their business. Yep. What is that moment for entrepreneurs that potentially the listeners have experienced, or maybe they haven't yet, but we can kind of tip them off a little bit. <laughs> or it's back here talking to them all the time, right? That's right. It's a little bit different, but I would say in common. So first off, just to let you know, so our ideal clients, we don't really do rescue missions. We don't do many startups, right? We're working with people that are successful already. Yep. They have had success and they're doing well. The problem is they have hit this ceiling, as, as we discussed, and generally yeah. that comes down to a capacity issue. Whatever they have studied and done and worked on, whatever, they've just reached a spot. They're like, we can't get beyond here for whatever reason. Maybe that's right. been a year, in some cases, three or four years of stagnant growth, or we went from $4 million to $8 million, and our net went from 300000 to 325000 <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of headache. No more or an extra 20 grand or you know, whatever, maybe 100 grand, whatever. It's like nothing, right? It's like no chance. So that's, yeah. the, that's the issues that we run into usually. They're not panic. It's not, holy hell, everything's falling apart. Now, the people we work with are going, you know, we're growing and, and we've been successful. But we had this unruly, chaotic growth. And even, even with our growth, I just keep like I'm losing more and more control. I have no idea what's going on. I don't have clarity about the next steps. I'm not sure. Right. And we love to tell people, listen, you're smart and capable, or you wouldn't be here in the first place. That's you right. can figure this out on your own. You can, but at what cost and how long? Yeah. Yeah. Right? If I gave you a bicycle chassis, you'd never seen one in your life before. Are you sure you'd know how to ride it? Yeah. No, not at all. You're sure you wouldn't turn it upside down and crank the hand go, oh, this is fun. <laughs> no, you're supposed to sit on the seat and the th oh, I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with that thing. You well, might have tried so many different things eventually, but it's an awfully convenient transportation device. That's cool, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and gotcha. maximize its usage as designed. 
right. in business, because you're in this fog of war every day, you're just going and blowing. You're trying to take care of customers, employees, and, and your, your logistics and all the things. And you're just so busy right in that fog of war. There's not the general spot sitting back here on the hill going, hey, right. this is our next move. This is our next move. This is our next move. Because right. you're so involved, right? So again, I think that it's it's not often a specific moment. It's a yeah. um, a critical mass yeah. of frustration, yeah. a critical mass of stagnation, a critical mass of just lack of clarity we hear constantly from our prospects. We're just yeah. not clear on, on where to go. And of course, we expose where some of that's coming from. That is, they know but nobody beneath them has any idea where the hell we're going and what right. we're doing next. What's the strategy? What's the next set of tactics, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I heard inside of all those examples, it's not an exact, you know, moment like you described, but it's, it's a, maybe a spirit. We call it grateful, but not done in gathering the Kings. It's like, like whether it. I've been successful or whether I'm at a plateau, whether I've had stagnant growth for three years, I'm grateful, but I'm not done. And so I keep, I keep bumping up against this thing, whatever this thing is, that. even if it's unruly growth, I'm still bumping up against it all up, you know, in the tornado of it. And I recognize that in order to go to the next level, I have to have a different perspective. And so sometimes that's when they find themselves at your desk, which is like, okay, wow, I'm grateful for what we've had, the, the unruly growth, the, the slow growth, whatever it's been, <laughs> uh, we've been successful, but there's yeah. a common theme here is that successful people want to continue to be successful and further. One of our messages we give all the time is, listen, you didn't screw up. You didn't. This is a natural phenomenon in business. It's just yeah. another level that you're not prepared at this moment to conquer, and that's where we can come in and help, right? That's but, right. But people equate this idea of asking with help, with weakness, and yep. you know, all those things, right? I messed up, like a scolding. And we're right. like, no, 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 listen, you, I, I love your idea. Which is grateful and grateful, but not done. It's beautiful because... You should feel your successes and you should celebrate them and party on about it. It's great. Doesn't mean we're finished. There's still something else to be done. So I love yeah, that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so I want to go inside of either decisions that you've made or that you've helped other entrepreneurs make. What's just something that you would hit the repeat button on? This one type of decision or this specific decision that you've made over and over again, you would do it and you would suggest it to our listeners right now. What, what's something practical? The most important thing that we do for people, and it's often overlooked, I think, is really right seats, right people. Yeah, it's good. Uh, what happens a lot, you know, you get this superstar in your organization, right? And you love them. You just love them. And they work their ass off or they'll do anything for you. And to my analogy earlier about accounting, it's like your number one salesperson, right? Awesome. I want you to go over to accounting and fix accounting now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad idea. Lot. Or even, even more common promoting your best salesperson to sales manager. Oh yeah. That's all yeah. the time. All the time. They gotta be better. I mean, I'd be the best sales manager because the best salesperson. You did two things. A, you got rid of your best salesperson. Well done. And you put a person whose skill set, if they're your best salesperson, I promise you they're never going to be your best sales manager. Right. Like, I was a great sales manager. I was a good salesperson. Right. I try to, the analogy I use there is kind of like Michael Jordan, right? You can't teach the thing that Jordan or LeBron or the greats have, right? But then you look at some of the coaches in the NBA. Yeah. They played in the NBA, but they were never the greats. They were the goods. 
from right. my perspective, they had to work really, really hard and learn as much as possible and the minutia of the game and the finite little things that made them a little bit better to make them, you know, Doc Rivers is a good example. A long career in the NBA was, was good. Not great. He's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Right. Because he's better suited for that than he was superstardom, right? And superstars yeah. rarely make good coaches. Michael's like, what do you mean? You take the ball in bounds, you cross half court, you take two big steps, you jam in the hole, dude. What's so complicated? Right. Everybody's capable of that, Michael. So, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, so your, your best salesperson's message to the sales team would be like, well, just go, go get it, dude. Sell more. Go, go crush it. Right. Yep. It doesn't help me if I'm struggling in sales, <laughs> right? I'm trying hard already. I, I need more feedback. That, and so yeah. I think the biggest mistake that we see is, you know, careers get ruined, companies get ruined, having the wrong people in the wrong seats. And we've, yeah. we've saved one particular company right here in Baton Rouge that I work with. I mean, we saved one girl's career who's, who was a really tremendous asset. They had, they hired her and put her in the wrong seat. Just that simple. Yeah. I loved her and they painted her and I couldn't figure it out. And then I right. figured it out. Oh, you know yeah. what it is? You guys are asking to do things that she's just not great at. She's trying real hard. So right. I, I, I just said, listen, can we give her a, another chance? Let's put her over here. Just give her 90 days in this other role. It, it's boom. hilarious. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's changed so much. I'm like, no, she hasn't. <laughs> right. She's the same woman she was before the same skill yeah. sets. You guys were asking her to be a office manager when that's just not her wheelhouse, right? Yeah. We found yeah. a spot for her that she's fantastic in, saved her career, and saved them the high cost of another turnover, right? Hey, kings and queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Absolutely. Yeah. So for the person listening right now, there's there's two kind of pieces to this. And maybe I'll give you another chance to respond here. But there's there's filling the spots. And so you can identify skill sets, even personality traits, preferences, just the way that they go about their business, even before they uh, are hired, so that ideally you put them in the right seat to begin with. However, sometimes we make mistakes. And there's a gal that we hired that we're really excited about. And we put her in this role over here. And it was just the wrong move. Before you ever get rid of anybody, it should always be, what are the skill sets? What, what is she best at? And, and if you don't know, then you're not, you're not leading and coaching and getting to know your people well enough. You're not, you're not building an actual organization. You should know what she's best at and, and be able to like pick it up and go, oh, I made the wrong move here. I should move her into this seat. So there's two pieces. Hiring first initially. But if we make the mistake, we can still move people around. Would you agree with this? Absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Well, we flip the thing. It's the Jason yeah, yeah. Podcast. Hey, how y'all doing? Jazz Wolf on with me today on the FM channel 198. And so I guess it could have been an, an, an FM guy, AM guy back in the There you go. Hey, whatever. <laughs> so here's the question. Of the people that you interact with and work with in your organization, 
what percentage would you say is 100% clear about the attributes, skill sets, mindsets, et cetera, that are needed for the, for the key positions in their company? 100% clearly. Like we're a very clear avatar of what best looks like. Oh, sure. I would say it's zero because you're, it's absolute with 100. <laughs> now, I mean, if you, if you said 80%, I would okay. say- Okay, we'll go 80%. Well, let's, let's, say, let's say 25% of organizations understand crazy, 80%. Yeah, way low. So 25, <laughs> 25% almost have it. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> right? I know. And then That's they wonder- crazy. Why are sales down? Why is fulfillment screwed up? Why is the warehouse a mess? Why is our manufacturing not working? What? Why, That's right. Where the hell? Why do we keep having these chronic problems? Yeah. Well, it's because you go out and hire people, and here's the problem. Where did they learn this skill set for hiring from? Right. The answer is nowhere except being interviewed by other she interviewers. Yeah, and possibly by you. Yeah, and so they ask questions like, well, if we asked you to work 60 hours a week, would you? Right. And as if someone's going to say, nope. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're right? setting There's them up. Awful, awful questions, and they don't know yeah. how to interview. So, so the two problems, right? They're not really clear about the seat and what you really want, your ideal candidate. Ideally, these are the things we want. Now, we can find someone that fits that 80%. I'm all about it. I'm saying, you got a gym right there, right? But they're not clear even what they are. So they don't even know what they're looking for in the first darn place. Right. Secondly, their skill set, to illuminate those attributes are awful. And so they're not even sure how to get there. So again, they just hire people that feel good to them, or right. sometimes they hire people that they look in the mirror and like, like oh, I like this one. Oh, right. that's really nice. I have a lot of friends I like a lot that I wouldn't hire to put out my garbage. I mean, I love them to death, but they're like Muppets. Right. They're a lot of fun, but I wouldn't have them on my team, right? And so I think that's really critical is that you have to get very, very clear what is it that I'm really looking for in this position, right? And have that really solid. If you're not sure, ask some of the other people on your team. Ask someone that does it really well. Look That's at right. another employee in the same or similar role that you love. And what is it that you love? What is it that they do? What are the attributes right. they have, right? And once you get clear about that, then you want to set up your interview with questions that will guide you to those, that, that will get you answers to those, to those questions. Now, we have yeah. a whole tool for interviewing that I just recently built. But the kind of questions you want to ask, again, are going to be mostly experiential questions. Right. Tell me about a time in the past when. What mm -hmm. would you do if? That's the kind of stuff you want to hear from people that will, again, illuminate those particular attributes that you say are needed. Yep. I would go one step further with your, with your ideal candidate avatar to tell you, make two lists. or Well, really kind of three. What are the absolute yeses? They got to have this. Right. What are the absolute no's? If they have this, they're, they're out. And right. What are your desires? Yeah. Yeah. I love right. that. So if you're hiring a driver, well, if you got a DUI, you're out. We can't insure you. Right. You got to have, maybe you got to have a CDL. These are the absolute yeses and no's. You get those clear. Now, yep. what are the other attributes I'd like to have? Yeah. Set those out. And again, if you clear the absolute yeses and no's, 80% of the others, you probably got a pretty good hire in that seat. Right. Right. And then you give them a roll. Yeah. I love that. The, the clear yeses and, and nos and the desires. I think that's actually really practical. I used to hire a ton of salespeople and my advice to other sales leaders was basically, I mean, I had some practicals inside of the interview very much like you, but that when you walked out of the room, it was either a clear yes 
And if it wasn't a clear yes, it was an absolute no. And making a list of those things helps with that clarity because that's really what we're talking about is like, yes, you, we've got some intuition. We got a little discernment based on the conversation, how I feel about this person. But really what I want to know is like, is it a yes? Is it a no? And that's really what Jason's given to you guys. So not only just the practicals there, but being able to like put them in a situation in an interview, but also even live. You know, I love working interviews and depending upon the business that you can, you can do that. I've got a, a mastermind client of my own several companies, but one of which is a spray foam company. And his interview is, Hey, so Tuesday, you're going to meet the general manager on the job site, 6 AM. And we'll do our interview there at the homeowner's house um, while we're doing a project 6 AM. And if they show up and they have a conversation, like those are, those are his have tos, right? Like got to show up and be willing to have a conversation. And so behind up at five and got here. Yeah. Which is necessary for the role. A hundred percent. Why would I, why would I set it later? And then Hey, so are you okay with getting up early? No, no, just let's just meet early. There you go. <laughs> right? There you go. Because the answer is, of course, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Chaz, it's my guess that you, after 20 minutes of conversation, you'd be really good with that intuitive take on someone, whether they're the right, you know, the right kind of person sure. you want to interact with or not, right? And why would you rely simply on that, though? Right, right? exactly. That's why? Like, it's like choosing a wife by looks alone. Exactly. Even if I am awesome at that and discernment is my absolute talent. Okay, great. But then if I don't want my fingerprint on every single part, if you have the magic, the superpower, and you're the only person that can do it, there you go again. You're back to a guy, what I like to call a guy in a truck. Yeah, exactly. A guy in a truck because you need, I coined a phrase last year called proximity osmosis. Okay, tell us. And most people operate their business training and culture. Let's see, you got to get it through proximity osmosis, which means I hire you, Chance. You got to hang with me the next six months. That's right. You're going to pick up how we speak to people, right? how right. we work, what our ethics are, what our culture is, yeah. our processes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can pick that up. Yeah. When you start as a guy in a truck, it's easy. You're right. doing a guy with the thing and you're eating sandwiches. And Come along with me. <laughs> and it's going to be picked up. That's but right. if you want to get bigger than that, you're going to have to figure out a process, one that's repetitive, yeah. digestible for others, and executable by others. That's right. So that they can develop those skill sets as well without you having to have your fingerprints on the transaction. Yeah, it's good. What would you say, the listener, we've, we've given them so much what to do so far. It's actually been really, really, really insightful. What's been, you know, in, instead of the opposite where they're coming to you looking for growth, there's been a decision that you've seen entrepreneurs make repeatedly over and over and over, and it has not served them. But yet it's like, it doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter the race, creed, ethnicity, age, entrepreneurs make this decision over and over and over again. And it's just not good for them. What is that? What pops into your mind? I've had a couple of clients like that. I have one right now. And this client was with me for a year. Went away for six months and has come back. Okay. And what's interesting is the reason he went away was he was so aggravated with his team, right? He's like, Jay, I'm going to shrink things. I've just had enough of some of that. Long story short, he had one sort of division that was really not serving him. It was a cash suck. Sure. Um, yep. And, you know, he had half a million dollars sitting out there in that world. He was not getting it back, you know. Freaking his yeah. cash flow, his attention, like a big problem. Yeah, yeah, tough. We wanted to shed a bunch of that stuff. So we had an annual. We set an agenda for him to do that. Let's just say his name is Mike. I said, Mike, go get it, bro. Best of luck to you, my man. I love you. 
I appreciate where you're at. If you need some support sometime, you're always welcome to call me, whether we're engaged or not. But best of luck. Well, it didn't yeah. take, took five months for him to come back around and go, okay, I need you back in here, right? Yeah. I need you back in. And it's because what happened for him was in, in this sort of pullback thing, right? He realized what I had been telling him for the whole year beforehand. Yeah. Mike, you're doing too much. Just look at your accountability chart. Your right. name is on every damn heading of every one of them. Right. For the listener paying attention, that doesn't have an accountability chart. That's step one. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. That helps a ton, which is different than an org chart. In case you don't know, if you're not sure, go look it up. Or, you know, there's some great books I could tell you to read about that. That's uh, right. Action, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Uh, but but he, it just finally snapped for him. Like, it, And it, it wasn't snapping. He would agree to it. Every meeting we would have a discussion. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's like the alcoholic saying, I know, I know I'm a drunk. I know, I know, I get it. All right, give me a drink. Yeah. Right? I'm going to quit tomorrow. Yeah. That's where he was. He was just unwilling to really, and until he shrugged some things back, he shedded that other business completely, which we had talked about him doing. And that person's like more of a consultant for him now, right? Different roles that he doesn't have the financial burden. Yeah. And then he realized, you know what the problem is? I just do too much. And he's your classic visionary yeah. where he has a legal pad. He fills up about every hmm, two weeks with ideas and thoughts. Brand and new ideas. And, and yeah, yeah, it snapped for him with our disengagement that holy hell, it's yeah. true. I spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about stuff and writing ideas down. In, right. In between that time, I'm really doing everything. And if I'm not doing it, I'm, I'm blessing everything. I hear the details right. and bless it. Hear the details and bless it. Hear the, right. And he's like, and he owns three different businesses and he bought a boat and he had the boat since spring. And it came back to me in May. He says, I still haven't taken my boat out. Yeah. It's like, well, by the way, Mike, boats are an investment. It just, it took something like that. You talk about a heart attack yeah. moment. It took something like that for him to finally sink in for him. And, yeah. and we faced that a lot, you know, I, and I completely understand how difficult it is. It's like handing someone your baby, right? I, it was an analogy for a mother. The first time, you know, you bring the baby to the, to the daycare of a baby search, you're like, oh my God, they're probably going to kill it. You know, <laughs> just say, right? So just so, and that's, that's what entrepreneurs think. This is my baby. Yeah. Hell, if yeah. I'm gonna let somebody else feed the thing, I mean, you, I don't know yeah. what you're, you're gonna feed him, change a diaper, and burp him, and you might, right. you might drop him on his head. It's that cathartic, right? And, and, and emotional. So yeah. I understand the difficulty, but unless you want to stay stuck where you are, you yeah. have to start to learn. And there's only one way to learn, right? You want to learn how to run a marathon, you got to go run. Yeah. Yeah. And keep getting better. I, I heard several things in there I want to point out for the listener. Number one is that this person was engaged in a professional relationship that someone, in this case, Jason, was able to speak into them. And it's potentially what helped them get to where they were. And we do this as entrepreneurs. We do the thing that helps us get to where we are. And then we stop doing it. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about changing and growing and developing the next level. I'm talking about, oh, man, we, we did this and it worked. Let's do something different. It's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> Especially if you're the visionary, right? Yeah, exactly. Wait, Which is That was Monday's idea. <laughs> Which is in essence what this guy's problem was, is right. It's like, let me try something fresh and new because yeah. whether it was Jason or the relationship or just wherever he was, he just he needed something fresh. When he realized it's like, well, it's not always necessarily about what's fresh, it's about what works. 
And especially if you can have the perspective of, you know, you've been pouring into this person or you might be listening right now as an entrepreneur and thinking like you've been doing this to one of your people on your team. Like I've been telling them this and then boom, they, it clicks and they're like, oh, you've been right the whole time. Chaz. I'm like, yes, I know, but it's okay. Now we can realign and we can go forward. But I, I see this happening. You're right. That entrepreneurs yeah. are like this. And we just, we just kind of keep hitting the wall until we have either someone tell us otherwise, or we have enough ego that lowers, right? That's probably more so of what it is. Yeah, one of my early lessons I learned from an early mentor who I always knew never personally liked me, but it actually, it actually helped me. He was a boss of mine in, in retail years ago. I couldn't stand me, but he stayed in my ass. I mean, just, just on me, no matter what. I was number one in the country for 11 months running one year, and he didn't even nominate me for district manager of the year. Yeah, wow. Because he said, nah, he's just, he got to be problems, right? So imagine that, right? Number yeah. One, the whole country, uh, the whole country. And so, but he taught me this great lesson. He checked on me in one of my stores that needed to do a certain thing, right? He called all my stores to check on me, like serious micromanaging kind of thing. And he called me, ah, oh, look, so-and-so, one store. And I'm like, 16 stores, one store. They didn't have this shit on. What's the problem? I said, Bob, I told them. And he said, well, that's nice, but I could have told them. We sent a memo to tell them. That's told right. them is not your job. Your job is to have it executed. That's right. right? And I always think about that all the times, right? Like I said, one of our core values is we maniacally obsess over results. So tell them it's just not good enough, right? For whatever yeah. reason, my message wasn't getting into Mike and he had to step away for just a short four months before he went, oh, yep. <laughs> that's what yeah. you were saying. Yeah, exactly. I'll be back and re-engaged and we're rolling again. So. Yeah, I love that uh, that perspective, especially that, that phraseology. I've used this same language, but I've said, you know, that old joke. We said, I love you at the wedding table or the wedding altar, and I'll let you know if it changes. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, okay, well, if that's your style, yeah, I don't know if it's going to yeah. work. Might because be the recipe, can't... but... Yeah, exactly. So I think that it, it requires more than that, to your point. I want to know of of a great resource in business, something that uh, you've invested in, that you've gotten an ROI on book, event, program, something that you could share with us. So, well, my library <laughs> behind me. Yeah. Yes, I've read them all. I don't have any show books up there, well, except for my really cool encyclopedia collection. That I there you, there you oh, go. Yeah. I'm from the 60s and I still like encyclopedias. I think they're really cool. That's awesome. And, uh, but other than that, I've read I've read every every book, every word up behind me. There are so many that are so fantastic. I would just say two things in okay. that space. The first thing I would say, and I know you know this, if you're not working on personal development, yeah, you're you're, you're going to limit your 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 possibilities. Right? Yeah, you're just going to limit your possibilities. Certain doorways won't open for you. You got to go to work on you. Yeah. And to keep expanding who you are as a leader, as a woman, as a man, as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a leader, as a, you got to go to work on those things. That includes your, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, all those things. I would just tell you yeah. that you want to be the most effective leader, do some personal work, find your own pathway, right? That might be through your church. It might be through some of the gurus out there. Personally, I've worked with Garrett J. White for years. I've also done Tony Robbins and I've done Institute for Self-Actions. I've done th 35, 39 years almost of that stuff. And, yeah. and just don't stop because Good. Um, it's always insightful. Because you're but, grateful and not done. 
Yeah, that I love that. I hope I remember that phrase because I really love that phrase, right? To reward yep. yourself in that sense, but but know that that's it. It's okay to say I've done awesome, and you're not finished. So yeah, it's good. Beyond that, so many good books. The bones of our operating, our custom operating system. People that know traction, Gino Whitman's yeah. book, would recognize some of that stuff as well as Vern Hornish's Scaling Up. So those are terrific books for operating systems. Yeah. We speak an awful lot about Jim Collins' Good to Great, yeah, because some of the concepts in there are true, so accurate. One, one of the, one of the, one of my favorite concepts he talks about in there, right, is that there was no moment, no one singular moment that made the great companies great. That's right. You can have a moment, that yeah, put that to catalyst ground. Yeah, but there's no singular moment generally that propels the great companies to greatness. It is this this critical mass yeah. of things, right? And it's, That's right. Like when you work on culture, the day that you get really clear about your values, your purpose, your yeah. BHAG, a Jim Collins concept, big, hairy, audacious goal, it doesn't go, boom, holy hell, with an extra million. <laughs> it doesn't work. It takes some time for these things to bake in and begin to be effective, right? That's and right. So I, I think that's really important. But he also talks about this idea of return on luck. And this is in a Jim Collins podcast. That's terrific, right? And what he says is through all research, Chaz, luck just happens randomly and at the same degree to everybody everywhere. You know, yeah. This idea that, well, the harder I work, the luckier I am. That's not true. But it lends itself to the idea of what is your return on luck? Yeah. So lucky things are going to break your way occasionally. Are you prepared to take gross advantage of those lucky moments, right? That's the right. The random call for a new client or the huge order that like you beat a huge competitor at and get this huge, whatever the case is. Are you prepared? Are right. you ready to take full advantage of luck? And secondarily, again, that one lucky event will not propel you to greatness, but one bad event can absolutely bury you completely. How prepared are you to survive the unlucky event, which is going to happen? Yep. It's not a matter of if, just when. Good or bad, are you prepared to survive the worst luck and take gross advantage of the, the great luck? That's called return on luck in the words of Jim Collins. And I highly recommend the book. He's got several, but Good to Great yeah. is really a fantastic book to read and 100% research-based. Collins fancies yeah. himself a researcher rather than an author. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a great resource, and it's been around for a long time. So it's got some got some great principles I, in there. Seven Habits has been around, for, you know, for fifty years, and it's still a fantastic book, right? And I still all the time remind myself: seek to understand before being understood, and win win. There's things in our culture we win win. He, he made that shit up. And people just think that's just the thing. No, 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 there's a guy. Yeah. You wrote a book about that a long time ago. And yep. we have how to get there, right? And that whole communication. It's it's still terrific and applicable today. Yep. I just I think in his book, he should have had an addendum that sharpened the saw should have been a whole nother book. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, there's several of those principles that could probably have their own lane, own podcast, own program, but for sure. Well, I mean, he's got some of those, but begin with the end in mind. Right. Is first things first, the book, right, that he wrote. That's like, yeah. it's that important to understand where you're going first and what you desire first before you That's just right. take off on that path. It's it's like going on vacation. Where are we going? I don't know. We're just going to start driving. 
don't know where we're going. We're just going to drive. We should run across the joint eventually. Yeah. No. no. Can we be clear? We're going to where? To Boulder, Colorado? That makes it a lot simpler. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Jason, I got one last question here for you. I want to know if you had the opportunity to whisper, to speak to the younger Jason, what would you tell him? Mm, That's such a great question, right? Personally, I would have said to, you know, pull up your bootstraps and grow a set and start a business earlier. I started my business very late in life, just 15 years ago in my 40s. And again, just based, I guess, on a lot of us that we'd be doing, right? Frustrated in our our current situation, feel capped, feel unappreciated, whatever those things are. We've all, most entrepreneurs said, you know, I I don't want to get too colorful in language, but most businesses have started with the idea of, fuck it. Yeah. That's it. I got nothing else to lose. I'm going to let go broke, but damn it, I'm tired of working for people. Yeah. And and you just go, and again, with this abundance of arrogance and ignorance, and you just jump off the cliff. It's like I say, you jump off the cliff. We'll figure out how to fly on the way down. Don't worry about it. And right. uh, so I, you know, I think I'd have told the twenty-something-year-old me that was kind of full of piss and vinegar and cocky and thought he knew a lot more than he did, but man, had a lot more energy and time to work. Work. Really That's right. That's right. And never get tired. And I think I would have said, listen, find a spot that you know you're great at. Go find some other people that are great at learn all you can and yeah. coalesce that into something that's a sellable product. Love that. I think that's what I would have done. That's what so many of these authors and so-called gurus have really done. They didn't invent things, right? No. Uh, they read lots of no. other stuff and then just put those pieces together in a, in a system or a, a particular message or a different way to hear it. That's right. Yeah, a different way to execute it. I think that's what I would have told myself. That's I'm good. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty encouraging message. So I'll go for that. (laughs) I'll go for that. I want to know how we can reach you. First off, if the audience are trying to grow their business and they're grateful, not done, and they're possibly looking to have a strategic coach work with them, they can find you that regard. I'm sure also too, they can just connect with you. How can they find you? So you can personally find me on Facebook, right? Jason Ambo there, but also exitmomentum.com. And in that space, we, you know, there's a spot there that we we can have a meeting. So our sequence is really very basic. We have a 100% success rate. We've never worked with anyone that we didn't absolutely transform what they were doing in their business. And part of the reason is we're choosy about who we work with. So just because you knock on our door doesn't mean we let you in. That's right. (laughs) That sounds terrible, I guess. As it should be. Yeah. But we just, we know what kind of people and businesses we're successful with. We're yeah. not willing to work with people that we don't have this connect. I've just recently told someone in the car business, no. Halfway through our meeting, I said, you know, I don't think you and I are connecting right. And if we're not connecting right, there's no chance we're going to be successful helping you. Does that make sense? And he yeah. said, yeah. I said, great. Well, have a thank nice you day. So <laughs> for sharing, yeah, sharing with yeah. me about your business. Wish you the guys the very best of luck. This, this is another business of an owner that I have one of his other businesses. So it was hard for me to say no to. Right. I had to explain that. But I said, yeah. I'm not your guy. Yeah. Just not. Not with this particular manager. He's not interested. And I can't help not interested. So our, yeah. you know, our process is if you go on there, you can contact us. And we'll have a brief phone conversation. And, and if that makes sense, we'll move into what we call a fit meeting. And that's a 90-minute meeting where we ask a lot of questions and kind of get a grip from the owner and the leadership team as one in this particular meeting, right? Where we want to know yeah. as much as we can about your business. What are the challenges? 
Where do you see yourself going at this point? Why are you even here? Like something right. drove you here. Like what are you, and you just didn't have a time to, you saw my picture so you wanted to talk to me. Right. Something, right, that's driving you to seek. And that's so right. what is that thing? We get clear about that. And then if it does, we get clear about, well, this is what we do and how that matches up, right, and can solve those particular problems for you. And much like you said earlier, when and that's concluded, we usually are expecting a hell yes or a hell no. Yeah. You know, most of the time, right? Like we're in, we just got to have a discussion kind of thing. That's okay with me. But people really know right away. But that's the best way to reach us, exitmomentum.com. And again, you can click on there and click my, my spot on there and we can start with a simple phone conversation. What we don't do is we don't put a whole lot of pressure on people. We don't have to, we yeah. don't chase people. You know, we're going to present when we do. You're more than welcome to talk to any of our clients, any that we've ever had ever, currently engaged or not, it's fine with us to speak with them yeah. and, uh, and, you know, make that decision. And our proven process, what it looks like is a 90 day implementation period where we put the basic bones of our custom operating system in it, which gets customized for the individual client, sure. their industry and their stuff. And then what we call the execution phase, which is the rest of that 12 months following, right? Where we just help drive those points. And then we go to really do more troubleshooting in that case, right? We go to attack yeah. things like compensation systems, sales programs, Right, right people right seats whatever it is right whatever whatever it exposes itself because the one thing we're great at is we will expose what's going on in your business for sure and we that's will right. tell you again whether it makes you uncomfortable or not yeah because uh, that's what we think we're hyper we're not cheerleaders right yeah yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna give it to you straight and sometimes tough and because i'd rather spend more time fixing it than i would sure sugarcoating the facts that's right that's right i love it well, it's been an, an absolute pleasure you being here. I'm so glad that the, the listeners get an opportunity to connect with you. I think that's just our couple of interactions here and then before I get fired up each time. So I'm excited that the same energy got to be shared with the listeners here today. Jason, I just so appreciate you and blessings upon you and your businesses and your family. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. And thanks to your audience as well. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.